0: Welcome to the Confluence Investment Management Bi-Weekly Geopolitical Report for September 18, 2023. I'm Donna O'Donnell here with Confluence Chief Market Strategist Bill O'Grady. This week's report looks at the apparent assassination of Yevgeny Prigozhin, a member of Russian President Putin's inner circle and head of the Wagner Group, a Russian mercenary operation. Bill, when I first saw the reports, I think the first thing that crossed my mind is, is he really dead? What do you think?
1: Well, that's a really good question, Donna. I think we all wondered that at first. It's important to note that there had been rumors of his demise before. He supposedly died in the Congo in a plane crash in 2019. So there is some history of premature declarations of death here. And he clearly had an incentive to fake his own death. Putin has a reputation for eliminating rivals. There's a saying that if you get crossways with Vladimir, avoid windows and high floors. Peter Zihan, a geopolitical analyst, refers to enemies of Putin as falling on bullets. At the same time, it would be hard for him to hide. It's pretty obvious that Putin was keeping tabs on him. So the most likely outcome is that he was killed in his downed aircraft.
0: So if he's dead, who did it?
1: Well, this gets to the question of uh, the problem of motive. We have all worked in offices where someone who is remarkably unpopular, and sometimes it's said that if he were murdered in his office, there'd be a plethora of suspects. This case is similar. Putin wanted him dead for his treasonous mutiny. Putin's inner circle wanted him dead to eliminate a rival. Ukraine clearly had good reasons to kill him. The U.S. was no fan of Prigozhin. After all, he tried to manipulate elections here. He has brutally murdered suspected deserters, so family members would have sought revenge. He's also operated in Africa and Syria and could have made enemies there. But it's important to note that just because someone has motive doesn't mean they did it. The most likely culprit is Putin. Prigozhin was a serious threat to his regime, and eliminating him made the most sense.
0: Why did Wagner exist? Isn't it risky to have a militarized group operating outside the control of the government?
1: It is. Max Weber argued that a state gains legitimacy by holding a monopoly over violence. By allowing a paramilitary group to operate with some degree of independence runs the risk of undermining the state. Now, Putin isn't a fool. He likely thought he had more control of Pergosian than he did. But as Pergosian's popularity rose, he thought he could parlay this status to perhaps take over the defense ministry and the military. But he found, in the end, that Putin liked him where he was, and as Pergosian's status rose, Putin was moving to bring him under control. Having a private army isn't necessarily a bad thing. Hitler created the SS in part because he didn't trust the regular military. Putin may have had concerns about that issue as well. In addition, Wagner, because of its unofficial status, was expendable. Thus, Putin could send Wagner operatives into dangerous areas, but deny they were there on behalf of the Russian state. If you control such a group, it's attractive, but you have to be sure you could control them, and Putin was clearly worried he had lost control.
0: Was it risky to assassinate Purgosian?
1: Yes, there's risk in eliminating him, too. Wagner was generally competent. The core group was trained ex-military soldiers. Without a leader, these sorts of men can drift into groups the government probably wouldn't be pleased with. In other words, they could form as a group to gain revenge against the state, or they could join organized crime groups and create mayhem. His core group seemed loyal to Prigozhin, and thus there is a risk to his assassination. We note the initial reports of the plane's downing was by missile. This would allow Putin to create a narrative that the Russian state didn't do it. On the other hand, allowing a mutineer to escape punishment makes an authoritarian leader look weak. The risk of letting him get away with mutiny probably outweighed the risks of doing him in. That's probably why the narrative of the missile attack was discredited. Putin wanted any potential enemies to see his degree of ruthlessness. Waiting a few weeks after the mutiny gives the assassination an air of revenge, a dish best served cold.
0: Are there broader ramifications from the loss of Wagner?
1: Although it can be difficult to separate fact from fiction, the Wagner group did seem to operate better than the Russian military. But that assertion triggers other questions. Wagner was instrumental in the capture of Bakhmut. The group did this by sending hundreds of poorly trained ex-convicts into Ukrainian lines to a certain death. Essentially, Russia took the city because it was willing to sacrifice these people and force Ukraine to use real troops to stop these expendable human waves. That strategy probably can't be repeated. We doubt anyone in a Russian prison hasn't heard that joining Wagner, or perhaps a successor group, isn't a death sentence. And in the end, Bakhmut is strategically useless. Michael Kaufman of the CNA group has made this point repeatedly. and since Russia took control, it has been unable to use it to leverage that gain. The other ramification is that Putin's decision to allow Wagner to operate turned out to be a nearly catastrophic error of judgment. Wagner was marching on Moscow and probably would have reached the city. Although the most likely outcome would have been Russian troops assigned to protecting the capital to stop Prigozhin, there's no guarantee that these troops would have remained loyal to Putin. Pergosian likely stopped because he really didn't want to overthrow the government. He really just wanted to be defense minister. He, too, made an error in judgment. But in the wake of all this, one has to wonder about Putin's ability to think clearly. And
0: what about market ramifications?
1: Well, the elimination of Wagner probably means the war goes on longer. That's good for defense stocks, but it's perhaps negative for Europe. But for the most part, this situation has the only peripheral effects on the financial markets.
0: Thank you, Bill. Our discussion today is based upon sources and data believed to be accurate and reliable. Opinions and forward-looking statements expressed are subject to change without notice. This information does not constitute a solicitation for an offer to buy or sell any security. Our audio engineer is Dane Stoll. I'm Donna O'Donnell.